Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheen with you until five o'clock. Between four and five, I'll be joined by uh, Leo Turley to look back on Kilbride's success this year. But before all that, Robbie Horgan, Trim Celtic manager and very successful Trim Celtic manager is with me in the studio. Robbie, um, we were just chatting about it off air there. F- what, five trophies in 12 months or something for Trim Celtic? It's uh, been, a, been a great couple of years for you. Fantastic. Really good. Um Back-to-back leagues, back-to-back Challenge Cups uh, and a Junior Cup stuck in the middle of all that as well too over the period of 12 months. Look, stuff that our dreams are made of. Um, I'm a great crew. They're fantastic lads. Um, they, they bought into everything that we've tried to do. Mm. And that's that's you get that success from putting in the hard work and the hours and everything else, you know. And um, these guys haven't had a break in two years. You know, they've constantly been playing and... You know, that's a mark of how good they've been. Um, and, and even when the domestic season's over, we still have them junior cups. Um, and no different this year, but still still in the FAI Junior and Leinster Junior Cup. So hopefully they, we, we'll go into them in December and January, still being in the competition. So um, the lads don't mind but once there's silverware there. So they're very happy. I was on the sideline last year for that uh, Challenge Cup final, as you remember. And... Mm. Uh, I, we, we might get we might touch briefly on, on your, your health issues a couple of years ago which were scary I was only reading about that fully during the week actually I knew a bit about it but uh, that day if anything was going to test a man's health I think it was the <laughs> coldest day I've ever stood on a sideline in my life I can only imagine like, yeah. I, remember, I remember I think I could barely just about see your eyes and wrapped up to the top <laughs> one of the coldest days but again like you know you got the, you got the win so you, yeah. don't, you don't necessarily feel the cold as much no as you get the win. absolutely it's amazing how numb you come when, the, when you get the the silverware at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, but against Belorgan, I think it was the 10th of December. Mm. So, again, part of the ever-ending season, or never-ending season, I should say. And um, we went 2-0 up in the first half and were quite comfortable and in control of the game. And in fairness to Belorgan, uh, they got a goal back and uh, then they got an equaliser and uh, Connor Walsh popped up with, I'd say, a fantastic goal. It was only when I saw it on, tele, uh, on the camera later on that it got a big bit of a deflection. But um, great win. And after winning the league and going on doing the cup uh, in my first year, uh, to do the double was was fantastic. Really yeah, good. Yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable spell of success. And, you know, we were, Colin was talking about it during the week in his pretty much interviews for the GA lads and that. And, you know, you win a championship and then you're into Leinster and all that. And whatever sport it is, 
you get a bit of success you just want that to roll on and, it, and like it is such a cliche that success breeds success and everything else mm. but there's such a huge value in having that momentum and having lads bouncing into training every week and enjoying themselves and getting the wins it, it, yeah. it just it creates a momentum all of its, all of its own it does indeed um, it's infectious in, in a way too um, what also brings as I found in the second year first year was a kind of getting everybody together and kind of get them all singing off the same hymn sheet and you know sometimes you might be begging players to come out and play for you you know or turn up or whatever at at that particular level you know it can be difficult but once you do get the trophies then suddenly in the second year people are coming to you to want to be played want to be part of it you know and uh, it's it's very important to me in that second year that the nucleus of the side, which are guys that have been there long before my time uh, and been part of the club, uh, are part of that success as well too, you know. So you don't want to upset players, but obviously with success, you, you want to keep raising the, the level of the bar as well too. So we brought in players, but it's not just a case of bringing in players for talent, mm. it's that they come in and mix in well with the, with the group too and competition then for places, you know. That's the one thing I've had this year. I've had a lot more quality in a bigger squad as well too. Yes, you have to keep them all happy. Yes, you won't be popular most weeks or whatever else, but as long as we're producing the trophies, you know, guys understand and they want to be part of that, you know, and we, we will sit down with the players in December and see what players want if they're not getting enough game time. Uh, we have a few plans for that as well too. So, um, but it does, it just, and not just on the pitch, off the pitch as well, coaches are hugely important, you know, um, and we brought in two or three this year that has helped us along off the pitch as much as on the pitch too. Yeah, and Tim Clancy was in the, the studio with me last week. We were keeping one eye on the on the cup final. Obviously, yeah. he had a very big interest in it. And obviously, Kevin announced was it was announced on on Friday. Kevin Doherty has a two year full time contract. See that, yes. But the the the, the common theme and we talked about it with Tim last week is is that getting players in the door and the talent. Not that the talent is a secondary thing, but the right characters and lads that are going to come into dressing room and Tim specifically mentioned Gary Deegan who when when he was signed a lot of people thought he might be maybe be a troublesome character Tim knew him very well from their playing days but whatever level you're at and whatever the sport it's all about having people in a dressing room who are going to like add energy and add value and not be dragging the place down or causing trouble so how how do you um, weed out maybe yeah. lads that, you, that might that might be uh, maybe not adding things that you would like yeah, listen, um, it's probably obviously at a higher level with Raw the United, but I understand it's the same kind of yeah. um, feature of a player that you're looking for, you know, that is, isn't going to give you them headaches. You, you certainly don't, with everything you have to do, you certainly don't want to be bringing players in to upset the apple tart, so to speak, you mm. know. And um, I just feel um, what we did this year, uh, even speaking to our own, the players that were there already, you know, and bringing players up on trial and playing friendly games and throwing them in and seeing them. And listen, I would have had three or four players to say, you're not signing him, are you? Um, and um, I don't know any history that goes on with players in the past. I don't expect them that they have to be friends. But yeah. once they're on that football pitch, mm. they play for that jersey. And, you know, um, regardless of whatever's gone on. And I see them now. They're such a good bunch, you know, and the... Uh, you know, the, the friendliness between them, uh, the competition between them, because we train how we play and, you know, they demand that. The players demand that, you know, and our, sometimes our, our training games can be as good as matches, you know, because of the competition. Mm. So I'm very lucky that the panel that I have, you know, uh, we strengthen in every area and, you know, we've two players 
for every position. And I'm not going to bring somebody in that I think could upset that kind of mm. routine, you know. Um, at that level as well, too, uh, I'll say this about my lads. Every one of them pays their subs every week. <laughs> And if they don't... Very important. Oh, 100%. Because, again, it brings that kind of uh, unity together as well, too, you know. And if anybody steps out of line, I don't have to kind of do it. The lads will let them know between themselves, you know. Um, but that gets us different bits and pieces that we need, you know. And the club have been really good um, with regard to, at the start of this year, um, because I saw Belorgan playing with on the cup final and I think Carrick as well too we got the GPS system in for the lads right so again another tool that comes in and suddenly you're printing up or sending out the figures on the WhatsApp group and the lads are looking at a bit more competition now mm. you know and how's he doing this run and it also tells me a few stories that I could you or, know or may have not needed to I, know. I, I, I'm going I'm to speculate that not every lad was delighted to see those coming in <laughs> well whatever about the GPS when the VO came in they were really going oh no no hiding places now you know and again another tool we got in in the summertime and it's absolutely fantastic really is you know because I'm lucky as well that I have time to analyse games and go yeah. through stuff and the lads respect that professional you know aspect to it as well too and especially when the stats go out and as I said no hiding places but you learn from that as well too yeah. I've always, always said a, a picture paints a thousand words you know and I could be talking to the man from blue in the face but when they actually see it it's it's yeah. unbelievable the difference you know so and as you said there you mentioned Belurgan it's the same across any sport I think if if one club or one team mm. he, hears of, of another team using X, Y or Z they, they then yeah. want the same thing yeah um, and I guess I suppose sometimes maybe it, I I kind of feel like sometimes it could be maybe used as an excuse for players if they look at another team oh they have this and they have that it could be maybe used as a well you know we don't have as many uh, different kind of um, aids as that but mm -hmm. I remember reading David Fitzgerald a few years ago talking about removing the excuses from, from players and is that part of it as well? 100% 100% I, as I say to my backroom team as well too give them no excuses that they have nothing to complain about. Whether it's gear is one thing that I did when we when I came into the club was making sure that the gear was proper and right and mm. getting sponsors involved as well too, you know, and uh, that's picked up hugely in the last year especially, you know, and um, getting the sponsors on board so all the gear is right. So they look the part, you know, so and I always thought, you know, look good, feel good, play good, you know, um, but take all the excuses out 100%, you know, and like, uh, a, a guy before we got the VO and the GPS, a guy would say, "No, you're wrong, boss. I didn't. I I didn't do that. You know." Yeah. So as I said, it's great for me as well too that I don't have to go through all that explanation, and the the stats that come over are just fantastic. You know, and I can cut corners as well too because it takes a lot of time to edit and everything else. Um, I have a chap up and trim with me as well Robbie Connell he's the grounds man he does everything up in the club and he'll go we'll be up in the office there looking through the, the game maybe the next day and picking out bits and pieces you know that, that help with us you know and uh, one of my strikers um, I felt was doing way too much running in games and not enough finishing um, and when we kind of looked at that stat um we got him into a position within the team uh, and the shape of the team that 
uh, suddenly his gold tallies were going up and his stats were really down. It sounds mad, but it was the light as yeah. his running stats were down because for a centre forward, I want him in the box, yeah. you know, and he was one of these willing runners that run left, right and centre and whatever else and go down the channels. But there was nobody there in the box when the ball came in, you know. So we changed that mindset around with him too. And may not have been able to do that if we didn't have the likes of the, the VO as well, you know. Yeah, there's so many different things out there now to, to help lads. Just very quickly before we take an ad break, it's half time mm-hmm. and extra time in the game between St. Lomans and Nace. It's one thirteen to Nace, one ten to St. Lomans. Quick commercial break, back with more from Robbie Horgan after that. Welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport, Trim Celtic manager and former uh, Drogheda United manager and of course former League of Ireland goalkeeper with uh, several clubs across the, the league and uh, we might touch on your Dublin City reunion with uh, a good friend of mine, Paul Crowley, shortly. Uh, but... I suppose, Robbie, the one thing I touched on earlier on was the, the health scare you had back in, I think it was 2019, which, reading the piece with our own Louise Walsh actually during the week from from the papers from a little while back, and the, the severity of it I hadn't actually realised. Um, but you were in an induced coma for five days, I think, was that right? And um, put it certainly put into an induced coma, but it was it was sepsis and double pneumonia and a few other things. And, uh, I mean, talk about giving you perspective, but you might just maybe give people a kind of a run through of exactly what happened there because I'm sure a lot of people won't be aware yeah I, I would have known very little about sepsis obviously at the time um, sepsis could be the new word for blood poisoning uh, it's infection that gets into the system and um, at, back in March 2000 February 2019 um, I just thought I had a flu I just thought you know I was a little bit run down and uh, at the time, I was with managing draw the draw the town and um, working away as well too, and probably burned the candles a little bit at both ends, you know. So it, it's easy to look back now and know that the immune system uh, probably wasn't as strong as it should have been. So I, I was vulnerable for from infection as well too. Um, but just thought, you know, I was barking and coughing like a mad thing, and went to the doctors, got loads of anti, I got loads of. Um, Antibiotics. Antibiotics, um, steroids, whatever else I think is quick to get me out of the office because the way I said, out of the doctor's um, clinic takes because of the, just the noise of it, you know, yeah. and went for chest x-ray and told wouldn't have them back for three or four days. And um, my wife, Suzanne, certainly saw a decline um, in me uh, throughout that particular week. Um, so much so that I just... I was very confused. Um, I just wanted to roll up and go to bed. And if I'm being honest with you, I know the terms roll up and die, but that's the way I felt, yeah. you know, as it got worse. But I didn't really want to go and see another doctor or go and get another, you know, they told me, they've given me drugs, what else do I need to do? And that's the silliest thing in the world, you know. And I'm very lucky that I didn't live to, or sorry, that I didn't regret that decision. Um, it took uh, my eldest daughter to come over to the house and remember on a Friday morning and insisting that I get, or we get an ambulance for you, you know. And I couldn't even get down the stairs at that stage, you know. So so it was another hour probably wouldn't have cut it, right. you know. It was that tight. Um, when I got brought into um, Navin Hospital, they knew straight away for me the mottled skin, the you know the fever, the shivering, um, and just the way I looked, how what this may have been, you know, and that was the first time I heard the words sepsis and mentioned, and still didn't know. Um, I later found out that they wanted to transfer me to uh, the Lord's Hospital in Drogheda because maybe they had more equipment mm. to deal with this, but they were afraid that they would have lost me in the ambulance journey over. So. 
it was that toy. Uh, I was uh, isolated first and then sent down to um, ICU. Um, and then I remember my wife coming in and just saying, listen, I'll go put you to sleep for a while just to do a few procedures. I didn't really know what that meant, but that was the last thing I heard. Yeah. Uh, and that's when they put me into the juice coma. So I was in the induced coma for about a week. I was in ICU for about three and a half weeks, which is actually, and again, you only hear these things afterwards. When you go into ICU, you might be in for a few days and then you're either out or you're not out, yeah. you know. So to, I was very lucky at the time that I got into Navin and how well the nurses and doctors looked after me. And, you know, both families were brought in um, on that particular night just because they didn't know whether I'd make it through the night or not. So wow. scary. Um, and sepsis is a huge killer in Ireland and people just don't realise, you know. So anytime I get an opportunity to kind of talk about that as well too, to publicise it, you know, if, if you're feeling unwell, because infection can work, you know, how no matter how small or how large, depending on everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but and it doesn't have a thing on age either, whether you're young or old, you know. So, um, you know, if you're not feeling well, don't do what I do and just try and be stubborn and get through it. If you're mm. really not feeling well, go to the experts because time could be the the biggest thing there. Yeah, it's incredible and and it's and scary as you said there that the, the fact that they couldn't even put you in an ambulance, bring you to draw it in case they mm. were worried what a, a half an hour journey or whatever it would have been. Um, what do you remember about when you when you came back around and when you woke up again? Did you remember? Do you remember much about that? I, I guess you probably might have been on a lot of medication at that stage. I'm not sure how clear it is, but what, yeah. what are your first memories? Um, and again, just trying to kind of get information of the sepsis and what it is and what it does. And uh, I had double pneumonia and influenza A as well too. Double pneumonia probably led to the sepsis. I'm not, I can't be hundred percent sure on that. It could be a little nick, yeah. you know, a little scrape that gets infected. Who knows? Um, being in the ICU unit and you're, you're up on all the machines and there's wars coming out everywhere, you know, um, People are coming into you and they're fully masked up and, you know, um, it, it was scary. Just really, really scary. You know, you wouldn't wish it on anybody, yeah. you know. Um, but as I always say, I'm, I'm still one of the lucky ones because so many go in that don't come back out or don't even make it into the hospital in the first place, yeah. you know. So I'm blessed and it's given me a a second chance in life, you know, different perspective, um, you know, so uh, I take every day now and just glad I'm Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because it is, again, 
and we're not overstating it by saying it was a it was a near death experience either. But when you when you do kind of come back out of it and, and you you're back you're back home and everything else, I often wondered and uh, you know it's a great as you said there the perspective and the change in perspective. I often wonder if that's something that maybe lasts for a week or two and then after a while you're back to the way things were before. But it, it seems like something you you've held on even though you're back in management and you're back mm-hmm. involved in football. It seems like it's something that you you've held on to in terms of you know, what that experience taught you about life and how, how fragile it is, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was 100 miles an hour, 24-7, you know, and just thinking, you know, that uh, this is the way life was, you know, and kind of rushing around everything, family life, work life, football life, you know, but just getting the job done. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did not really know any different. Um, the one thing when I went into hospital and came out of hospital and they did say to me listen this will be three to 18 months before any chance of full recovery uh, and again everybody's different in that time frame um, all I heard was three months because I was still on the old track of yeah. you know right okay we get this done we've done it I'll get back and there was no way and people people knew that you know at the time I, I was the only one that just couldn't come to terms with that. So um, that that's really then after the first three months because I was just at home and had to be minded 24-7, which my wife and family did. And were you, you know? still feeling kind of, did you still just feel weak or whatever? Oh, very weak. Yeah. yeah. Like, listen, I, the stairs will be my nemesis, right. so to speak, you know. Uh, and not as much now, but I won't be going up to them like a, a 20 year old you know as much as you want I, I, I still if I don't have to go upstairs I won't go upstairs um, and it, 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 the actual sepsis would have taken a lot of kind of effect on your kidneys and liver in my case right. uh, affects the organs as well too so um, you know a lot of counselling especially during the pandemic as well too you know because you've gone from somebody that does everything wants to do anything, wants to be the person that, yeah. you know, um, makes everything tick in the house, you know, the breadwinner. It sounds silly, but, yeah. you you know, you're out doing that to, and, and then suddenly you can't do anything and people are doing it for you and that gets into your head then as well too, you know, that <clears throat> basically, you know, mentally then it became a huge issue that way, you yeah. know, as much as I was grateful that I survived, I'm, I'm feeling like I can't do anything. What, what was the point, you mm-hmm. know? So, Again, uh, I had to be over the phone because um, because of the pandemic at the time. So I uh, got a lot, a lot of counselling, um, which was absolutely fantastic. And again, I would have been one of these people that thought, oh, I don't need counselling. I'm OK, but uh, I'd recommend it to anybody, you know, if they're feeling in any way, you know, and there's different aspects of life that people might need counselling in. And mm. if I didn't have that, I, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, it was a big part to just... Probably get me realised as well too that when I was told, look, you'll have no football for two years, it was like, oh my God, you know, that that's not possible. Yeah. Um, just realising that it was possible, you know, and I didn't need it. And I've, I don't mean to sound like this, but I've been there, done that, and I've done everything in the football sense from League of Ireland career to management to getting me badges, European games, you know, Football owes me nothing. I'd like to think I don't owe football anything, you know. So, um, but it also gets when you're lying around the house and not being able to. And then the 18 months went by, which they said, you know, and I just knew I still wasn't mentally right, physically right to kind of go back to any work, you know. So my wife 
went back to work then. Uh, case of having to financially yeah. as well too, you know. So the, again, the roles change around. I'm I'm back in the house and she's out working and uh, getting used to that as well takes a bit of time too, you know. And by the way, I never respected how much housework had to be done <laughs> in the past. And, you know, that is a full-time job. Uh, and I was only doing that at a certain level. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I got a call about two years ago um, from Alan Murphy, who was the Trim Celtic manager at the time. And he just said, look, would you fancy giving, giving me a hand out, you know, and coming out and getting, getting out of the house basically you yeah. know so uh, this stage my wife was dying for me to go out you know in the past maybe not but dying for me to go out and I, I did I got back into it and as I said um, great bunch of lads down at the, the club and um, took me a while to get the kind of goo back there was no pressure on me it was just yeah. going up and having an extra pair of eyes and just seeing what I saw and stuff like that you know so uh, I did that until the end of the 2021 season. Um, Alan left then in, in January 2022. And as we said earlier on, the lads were still in one of the junior cups. And they asked me, would I just take the next game? And I took the next game. And then the, the game after and that. <laughs> <laughs> and it just seemed a little bit... Uh, and again, I got the goo back into it. But I knew, David, I had to be careful. Yeah. I had to be careful because I could get carried away again. And, you know, my wife says I have got carried away again. But um, when you're winning, that's just yeah. fantastic as well, too. And I know these things will happen in cycles, you know, and you got to make the most of it while the, while the, while the sun shines. Make hay while the sun shines, as they say, mm. you know. And um, I'm in a happy place because there's no overly stressed only the stress that I make for myself you know so that's why it's important that I have people around me staff players you know that um, buy into everything that we do and they get the rewards of it then at the, and in, ter well. in terms of the, the recovery piece of it then so will it, are you like 80-90% 100% will you ever be back to 100% that you said you'll have to you have to mind yourself but mm. you're you're obviously from where you were when you were out of the first the first three three to 18 months mm. after, after that pass how are you now in kind of general terms in terms of your health uh, I'm, at that st at that stage that first three to 18 months I'm 1000% better mm. uh, where I am I'll never be 100% better yeah. you know um, but I'm 80 to 90% there but I just still have to be careful yeah. as I said uh, pressure on or doing too much you know and my body my body will tell me if if I am you know and thankfully I, I like to think I learned from me, my lessons in the past <laughs> and that was a strong one you know so um, yeah it's we're in a good place as it stands now and have been for probably a year now at this mm -hmm. stage and um, as I said just life's way too short. I just appreciate so much. I have three grandchildren. Yeah. I have a fourth one on the way as yeah. well too. And even things like that, you know, uh, my family and all the things they're they're doing, you know, and all the school, college, work, you know, how proud you are of all them, you know. And and in the past, I wouldn't have given it the the, the gestures that it deserved as well too. Yeah. And appreciating everything in life yeah. as well, you know. So, 
yeah, it's come full circle. If anyone needs any uh, any tips on cleaning up and around the house, you're the man to go to as well. You've oh yeah, I got that to your your pack. Yeah, well. yeah, absolutely. Don't mess up my dishwasher because it goes in a certain way, and no, it's it's my way on that one, you know. Or, in terms of the the football, I was mm-hmm. just looking at your 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 picture there from was it last night the Dublin City reunion or a few a few days? Yeah, ago? no, um, last night. Um, and they said, as I say, Paul Crowley in there who does the co-coms with with me every week on uh, on LOI TV and LMFM. Um, I was just looking them up here, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and six, a short lived thing, but um, a memorable time, obviously for yourself as well. Yeah, um, great. John Gill took the manager's job. I was at Rovers at the time, and John came in at Dublin City, who kind of emerged from home farm Everton as it was, and um, I played with John up in United Park and Drada uh, from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety two. That successful team of winning two force divisions in the space of three years. Again, a bit like my own side, great bunch of lads. Um, yeah, would have had the likes of John Toll and uh, John Nolan. Then the draw the lads, Dusty Flanagan, uh, Richie Kelly, um, Jell Martin, Jell Martin, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Paddy Dunning, Dennis Cunningham, the Gagan brothers, great crew, Jerry Scully. So it was a Dublin connection with Drada. It wasn't too far away, you yeah. know, and it just mixed really well. And again, you, you learn from them things, you know, from years ago, uh, how managers bond teams as well too. So, um, yeah, a successful period um, with Drada. And then, as I said, John Gill played in that, in, in that team. So you don't think when you're playing with these guys that they're going to manage you, yeah. you know, in whatever, 15 years later or so. Um, John had just kind of started off on his managerial career. He <clears throat> he came to me when I was on my ninth year with Shamrock Rovers. Uh, I'd spent 11 years with Shamrock Rovers over two spells. Um, the famous foreign row team from the, the past, from yeah. 83 to 86. Um, and I went back in 2000 and... Three, I think, 1994 to Rovers and then stayed till about 2003 and I was in a position where I wasn't playing fully all the time and you know um, but I loved Rovers you know Rovers were part of my DNA as well as much as draw they were you know they were the two longest servants clubs I was with um, and I needed somebody to tell me it's time to go Yeah, it's time to if you want to keep, if you want to prolong your career and I would have been 32, 33 at this stage um, maybe even a bit older um, you, 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 you'll have to kind of move on so he can't, I remember John and he said it to me last night at the reunion he hounded me uh, and probably two other players Tokyo Connor and Wes Bourne who would have been experienced players as well too and he wanted that little bit of experience and then the rest was based on youth you know so Paul Crowley was young once as well too <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he would have would have been one of the young lads coming into the side and <clears throat> You know, he, he got that bond in the months that team as well. They, they played for each other. We played out of Home Farms pitch, absolute carpet as well too, you know. We didn't have a huge fan base, base but we had a good fan base. Mm. And um, to win the fourth division that year was, you know, I'd say the odds would have been out of this world, you know, because you know, it was a team just joined together, fresh manager, you know, fresh team and... Um, 
to win it with the teams that were in the league as well too was just outstanding you know so really yeah, good it's um it's a an interesting sort of uh, time in, in the league with new teams coming and then obviously it, it didn't it didn't last but to have mm-hmm. those memories and to, to have made those friendships was, was uh, hugely important as well we're going to take another quick commercial break we'll be back with more from Robbie after that still joined in studio by Robbie Horgan former Drogheda manager and of course uh, Trim Celtic's successful manager five trophies in the last uh, 12 months or so so uh, not, a, not a bad uh, CV for Robbie and just in terms Robbie of the League of Ireland as it stands we saw a huge crowd at the FAI Cup final last week and I saw Chris Forrester and one or two of the players afterwards talking about how they I, I'm not sure what the exact quote was I'm going to paraphrase it but, but how they felt like proper footballers walking out into a, an, an occasion like that and an, an, an atmosphere like that 44,000 or whatever it was a record crowd and it really does feel like there's a a, a tide of support and a, and a real kind of upsurge in interest in the League of Ireland at the minute what do you make of it I know you're, you're at Rovers here and there when you can but it's um it's definitely on the upswing and I guess the facilities question is something that comes up all the time and that's hopefully something that will change in the, in the in the years to come but to have the crowds there sellouts every week it's it's remarkable how things are going at the moment Unbelievable uh, I've never seen anything like it in, in my career um, or length of time in the career as well too that to fill out an Aviva for a League of Ireland Cup final um, I think I remember when Rovers moved to the RDS first um, and I think the RDS held 23,000, at the time and they were playing Pats and it was sold out. Um, didn't wasn't like that the following week or the week after. So like everything else, things are great at the moment. Tendences are up all over the place which is fantastic, you know. Um, and even teams you kind of think that are kind of down near the bottom in either the Premier or the First Division are still getting good crowds in, you know. So, that that's fantastic. The more advertisement it gets is fantastic as well too. Um, yes, it's probably like we played in the Challenge Cup in Weavers Park on last Saturday week, and um, it's a bit like for my lads instead of maybe playing in the MDL, nothing wrong with the MDL, but for a cup final, going out into onto a pitch like that in in Weavers Park, and uh, the atmosphere around with the the crowd that was there too. So I can only imagine these guys going out for an FAI Cup final in the Aviva with a full house. Um, and a lot of them maybe had time in England as well too. So maybe didn't get that glimpse either, you know, depending on who they're playing for. So that would be a fantastic feeling. But... I would like to think that will keep going now, you know, and that's, you know, um, when crowds are like this, when people talk, and I, I do see th- stuff up on social media and, you know, criticising League of Ireland and, uh, you know, unless you've been to a game and sampled the atmosphere and whatever else, yes, everybody's entitled to their opinions. Yes, people can support teams in England and Scotland and whatever else and may necessarily want to speak uh, support League of Ireland teams, but... I think you have to sample it, you know, because it is unique, Mm. you know, and um, once you get a team that you you like and start following around, you know, you may realise that it's not always, the the grass isn't always greener on the other side either, you know, and it can be a lot cheaper than supporting a team maybe in England and Scotland, and that's no knocking on them. I'm a big Arsenal fan, I'm a big Celtic fan. Um, But, you know, from a European perspective, I think it's, huge as well especially with summer football um, that when teams are going into Europe now for for you know in June, July next year and they've already a half a season or maybe 
a third of a season behind them so they're fitter and stronger and I think that's proved with the teams that have got through to group stages over the last 20 years or so you know or 10 years maybe but yeah. I think it was Rovers did it twice in Dundalk once and you know that that puts you into a light then of you know where you should be because that's where the money is too and you know League of Ireland clubs can benefit so much from getting into a group stage that can bankroll them for a good few years and they all need that as well too and as much and I know there's been a takeover up in Weavers Park and I hope that works out well um, and I know Kevin very deservedly got a new two year contract and gone full time as well which is fantastic and he has done an unbelievable job up there uh, with, with his um, backroom team as well too and the, the players so I think when I brought my lads up I said this place is very special for me lads because I've spent a lot of my career up here as a player captain goalkeeping coach coach assistant manager manager um, and no pressure on you but you better win today and uh, you know they love to pitch whatever else but the sad thing in a way for me was stadium hasn't changed the inside hasn't changed one bit since I was up there in 1988 you know so that's 35 years so I'm hoping this change over now um, because there's a you know the fans here are absolutely fantastic and they want to get behind something but I, I don't want the place to move I just no. want it done up because yeah. that pitch is you know special yeah and the pitch is something we talk about and Matt, Matt the, the grounds when every week always gets a shout out from Paul because it's always it's always in immaculate condition and I I, I don't know if the, the dimensions are actually you know as as small as it, as it as it looks, it does look like mm. one of the smaller pitches out there. But um, by all accounts, it's not actually as small as maybe it looks. I think I think Daily Mount is maybe one of the bigger ones. But yeah. the surface, as you said, is always immaculate. But to talk about the the interest in the crowds, like Paul would have said to me on every second week on the home games that he would have had people onto him looking for a ticket, and there were none to be had. Like you know, it's I think bows are turning people away, pats are turning people away, shells. Like it's all um, across the you know across the league. Dundalk, yeah. I suppose, maybe have their have their own problems at the minute, and there's a bit of uncertainty about what's going on there. But there's there's so much kind of goodwill around for the for the league, and as you said mm-hmm. there, it it has to be. You would imagine it must be attracting new fans because if 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 grounds are getting sold out and there's there's waiting lists essentially for for tickets for matches, then it's probably maybe a younger generation that are coming up and are following it but it's dragging in new supporters from somewhere to, to have that surge in interest so yeah. that's that's a huge thing and it's something that's going to hopefully sustain the league and see it grow into the future Absolutely uh, I think that's important I see more and more children see more and more women at games as well too you know so it, it's important that the ground and the facilities are there to cater for them as well you know because that's big if you're trying to attract crowds it's important that you have the facilities and the right facilities even going down to toilets and whatever else you know that if families want to come to games and they know they can come to games and they're going to be safe as well that's important too um, and if they get entertained obviously mm. you know they'll come back yeah. and they'll spread the word and that's huge too you know the thing, the thing that I was thinking about during the week and again like I've said this before on the show like I'm a relatively late arrival to the to the League of Ireland it would have been a GA background all my life and probably only since I started working here at Cover Draw you get you get sucked into it but but now it's like you've, you've, I have such a, an enthusiasm and a real love for, for it now as well and I get a bit defensive if people are saying that it's rubbish which I would have been listening to for years as well but you know the thing about it is um, to compare people might say oh this now personally I think the standard is, is, is pretty good but People will go and watch a, a club intermediate football match in Louth or in Mead. They're not comparing it to 
what they're seeing in All-Ireland final day do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. that's not how things work so yes. I don't know why people would go along to, a, to a, let's say a League of Ireland game and complain like oh the standard is not as good mm-hmm. as the, the Premier League of course it isn't but mm-hmm. like I think the standard is still pretty decent and you've you know you, you really good cup final last week as well in terms of this, these in terms of the standard, then do you think that the standard has has improved over over recent times? Is that part of the the interest drive, or do you see it as kind of much the same as it has been for for quite a while? This is why I think Kevin Doherty's done re- remarkably well on a part time basis because majority of clubs, if not all of them, are now full time. You know, and that professionalism that's in the guys are coming in, the standards that are, are are needed to play at this level as well too because of the. European football or just to win leagues in in the League of Ireland you know and um, everything's gone on the increase you know and as I said I've when I'm watching games even on the telly I don't see a huge difference now you know Um, some people would say where would you put them would you put them into League 1 in England or League 2 I don't know Championship is definitely there you know okay when because of money we don't have won't be up near premiership level or anything like that and I always say um, no other country has to um, and I don't mean deal with Gaelic but no other country has the GAA you know to compete against you know and rugby is huge here as well too so we always wear that little kind of poorer nation when it comes to the the, the football or the soccer end and um, you know, I think what we've done, um, and I'll have to give credit to the FAI as well for giving it more publicity, which it definitely needed, you yeah. know, more television, which it definitely needed. I think that can still increase, yeah. you know. Um, I was watching the game um, because the internationals were on this week. Uh, I was watching the game up north that Sky covered Glentorn and Colrain, I think it was, you know, Monday night we should try and get a bit of that as well too you know because at this moment in time and as I said before even with Trim Celtic everything works in cycles you know and um, but when it's out there now and it's got the publicity and the good publicity as well too let's bring it to the next level you yeah. know don't, don't sit back and say we've done a great job let's let's bring it to the next level you know as, as a as a league um, with the FAI um, and all the clubs involved too. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we talked about perspective and everything else a little bit earlier on, but isn't it, I guess, if, if somebody had told you four or five years ago that you'd be able to sit down on a, on a Friday night and watch any League of Ireland game that you wanted to, on, yeah. not on the television now, not, yeah. or, not sometimes on the television, yeah. but on LOI TV, yeah. the way that that's kind of grown as well. And I'm not just saying that because I'm doing it myself yeah. every other week, but that that's there now. And and in fairness, as you said there, Mark Scanlon and the team have done a great mm-hmm. job around promoting the league and, you know, pushing it on and, and getting more eyes on it. And I guess that all feeds into it as well. But we're just about out of time, Robbie. So listen, mm-hmm. thanks a million for popping in. It's actually been brilliant to talk to you and great to catch up. Which it doesn't feel like that long ago we were upstairs in the studio when you were driving manager and we were chatting away. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's, that's a few years ago now, but yeah. it doesn't seem like that long ago. Thanks a million for coming. Thank in. you, text, David. Text in from Jim Dooley here to wish you all the best. One of the league's greatest gentlemen. Uh, Jim Paul. and I remember Paul as well. You know, God rest them. And... Jim, huge fan of Draw the United, so thanks, Jim. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 